welcome to episode 54 of the Movie Marathoners podcast. I'm your host, Mati, and joining me today is frequent guest Ian Anderson. Welcome back, Ian. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you, as always, for joining. This is going to be fun. Of course. Because this week we will be discussing the latest comedy film from Hulu called Palm Springs. As usual, we'll warm up with our spoiler-free review of the film, and then we'll run into spoiler territory where we can talk freely about the film. And lastly, as always, we will finish with our point two section where we discuss what else we've been watching. But first, Ian, I have an exciting announcement to make. What is it? Oh my god. You done? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I am incredibly excited to announce that this humble little podcast is officially part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. I've been working with the Evergreen team over the past few months to transfer over to their network, which is an ever-growing network of podcasts from a ton of very immensely talented people that I have no business being a part of, but they graciously asked me to join, and I'm really excited to see how they can help make this podcast the best version of itself. You may have already noticed there has been some schnazzy new cover art for the podcast, so that, uh, that was something that the creative team at Evergreen whipped up for me. So that's one immediate change, but for the most part, nothing will change. Uh, episodes will be in the same format, and you can still access episodes from wherever you did before. As we are no longer on Podbean, though, uh, we do have a new website, which you can find at evergreenpodcasts.com slash movie dash marathoners. But other than that, it's really just business as usual. So if you are a first-time listener as a result of the podcast joining the Evergreen Podcast Network, welcome. Thank you for listening. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at MovieMaraPod. That's Movie M-A-R-A Pod. Or just reach out by email and let me know that you're listening by contacting MovieMarathonersPod at gmail.com. So yeah, that's the announcement. Uh, let's just go ahead and get on with the show. So first, let's read a synopsis of Palm Springs. When a carefree Niles and reluctant maid of honor Sarah have a chance encounter at a Palm Springs wedding, things get complicated as they are unable to escape the venue themselves or each other. Palm Springs stars Andy Samberg, Kristen Melody. I've actually never said that name out loud. Is that how you say that? Kristen? I think so. Okay. I am not the expert on this. I trust you. I defer to you. You know, Kristen <laughs> is like the name that is spelled most differently every single time that you hear it. There's like C... H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, there's K-R-I-S-T-E-N, you know, there's so many Christians. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Well, anyways. Crazy world we live in. Yeah, it's it's wild time. It's probably the craziest thing about the world that we live in right now. And J.K. Simmons. It is written by Andy Ciara, and it is directed by Max Barbacow. It's going to be a beautiful wedding. Here you are. Standing on the precipice of something so much bigger than anyone here. But always remember, you are not alone. I don't think that we met. I'm Sarah. Niles. Hi. Hi. Okay, and so this summary that I just read was incredibly vague about what the film is actually about. But I think in this spoiler-free section, what we're going to have to do is we are going to talk about the actual premise of this movie. Uh, we won't actually spoil anything specific about the film until we reach the spoiler section. But we will be talking about the actual premise of the film and how it's set up. So if you don't want to know that, I will say that you should just definitely watch this film. It's on Hulu. It's free. I think it's good. So stop listening and go see it. Ian, do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I would 100% agree. Uh, there's not really much you can say about it without giving. This is one of those movies where you really have to, or you don't have to know nothing going into it, but you're going to have such a better experience going into it, not knowing anything about it. Yeah, I almost didn't know the premise of this movie, and I'm really bummed out that I've found out about it like five minutes before the movie started. Um, so yeah. Yeah, me too. If you don't know what this movie is about and you're interested in seeing it, definitely go see it. It's good. Okay. So this movie is a Groundhog's Day movie, basically, right? Yeah. Um, they're stuck in a time loop. So let's just ask from the start, Ian, what did you think about the film overall? Oh, I thought it was great. Um, I mean, I, I love Groundhog Day, but this is such like a 
it's not such a twist from Groundhog Day, but there are a lot of different things, you know, especially with, you know, the characters involved and how they sort of, they make fun of Groundhog Day a little bit and how um, the main character of that gets out of the loop that he's stuck in. And I, I feel like little nerdy references like that throughout it um, are like really um, characteristic of Andy Samberg and his humor in movies like these, and I, I thought it really worked well in, the, in this movie. Yeah, the film is almost meta. It's not quite because it doesn't like acknowledge that it's a movie or anything, but it does have mm-hmm. these kind of nods to the idea that we have time and time again seen these Groundhog's Day premise types of films before. Yeah. It doesn't take itself too seriously. No, and it also doesn't try and explain it, like overly explain itself. Um, I think Mm -hmm. it kind of just says, this is what's happening. We all know what's actually happening. And I thought that that was actually great. But the Groundhog's Day premise is one that we have seen like time and time again. Why do you think that that Mm -hmm. premise is something that works so well? And why do we keep coming back to it? I mean, it's such a fun idea going through the exact same even like not just day for them, but we're going through pretty much the exact same scenes, like shot for shot, but with like minor variations where when you insert like these little, these little beats of comedy, like, like with Andy Samberg waking up every day, it, it's, it's just so funny seeing the different variations that the, the movie can take in the same scene over and over, you know? <laughs> I think it, it is a really good um, breeding ground for comedy. Like, it's just so easy to make yeah. things funny when you have this premise, especially because it's really funny to see a character kind of be in a mundane situation and just have them, like, almost overreact to certain things that mm-hmm. are just so tiny because you know that they've gotten accustomed to something that when something does change, it's mm-hmm. really easy to make it laugh or to make the audience laugh. And I think you can really see that in like all of the types of Groundhog's Day films that come out, like all of them, you know, they can have different genres. Like you've got Happy Death Day, which is kind of a horror movie, and you've got Edge of Tomorrow, (laughs) which is a sci-fi movie, but they're all really, really funny. Do you have a favorite Groundhog's Day movie or is it the very first one, Groundhog's Day? Okay, this is a little tiny nitpick thing, but it's Groundhog Day, not Hog's Day, the movie. Is it really? Yeah, oh, <laughs> sorry, well. it was just bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I'm it's sorry. Very tiny, but is it really? So yeah, it's it doesn't, not. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. No, I mean, I guess it, it does. It, it's the day is not the groundhogs. It's the day of the groundhog. Groundhog. Yeah, day. yeah. I see. Okay. Um, thank you for but fixing I, this. I feel like I feel like <laughs> I feel like this is probably I feel my like favorite. We have just such because a more true and valid podcast now. Oh yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad I could be here to make this happen. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, I do feel, though, like uh, Palm Springs is probably my favorite of them so far. I haven't seen Happy Death Day, but I also don't really see myself seeing Happy Death Day. Okay, Happy Death Day is actually pretty good. I thought it was really stupid, but it I is? thought it was really funny. Yeah, no, it's it's fun. I, I liked it. Okay. I think, I think actually you would like it. Okay. Yeah, you um, would like it. But I feel like... Th- i feel like this is probably my favorite though um i feel like it goes off on paths that are so different from what we've seen before i guess um i I can't tell what's a spoiler or not yeah i mean maybe we should quickly hop into spoilers then because (laughs) there are because my favorite part is like that a little spoiler i guess yeah i i think i know what you're talking about and i agree so we can just talk very vaguely about the film uh just go ahead and you know what screw it let's just jump straight into spoilers why don't you give me a summary of your thoughts and then kind of we'll rank this film out of 10 and then hop straight into spoilers okay yeah awesome um i i feel like this movie is great it's a really funny rom-com if you've seen stuff with andy samberg like this before you're you're definitely going to enjoy this uh there are little nods to previous movies also um like hot rod there were little (laughs) nods to that and I, I think this just has such a fun twist on the whole Groundhog Day sort of style. There are just like sort of blissful, consequence-free scenes, and, and it, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Never dives too deep into the the science behind of every behind everything, and I, I feel like it's just a carefree, fun movie. 
And what would you rate it out of 10? I feel like I give it like a 7, 7.5, I think. Awesome. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I agree with everything that you say. It's really just an easy and breezy movie. You know, it's like 90 minutes, which makes it really compact. Yeah. There's not a lot of fluff. I would actually have been okay with it being an extra 15 minutes and just getting to spend more time with these characters. The middle yeah. part of this movie is some of the funnest and funniest scenes that I've seen in a movie recently. Just watching yeah. them kind of play around with this Groundhog's Day premise is really funny. And I think that's crazy because, like I've said, we've seen this or we've seen this over and over and over again. So it's not like, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's not like this is a re like a really new concept or anything, but just how they play around with it is really creative and fun. And I were being really vague and it's probably not very great to listen to. <laughs> so we can just hop straight into spoilers. I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. I think that, you know, the ending of this film, like a lot of the uh, Groundhog Day movies is weaker than the start. I think in general, the first mm -hmm. half of the film is a lot more um, exciting than the last half of the film. And I do think yeah. that the way these films tend to end is very kind of like hand wavy and they sort of just end when they decide to end in a way. Like I think in Groundhog's Day, right? Doesn't it, the day just literally stop happening? Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to end these movies. Like where do you go from there? Right, right. So I mean, <laughs> it's baked into the premise, but it does still kind of feel a little bit disappointing, especially because the way that they introduce this premise is so original and feels so fresh that I thought that they were going to end it in a more fresh way. But it's pretty much just mm. kind of like, oh yeah, now we're done. But overall, yeah, 8 out of 10 would definitely recommend. Check it out. So with that, let's hop into spoilers. Um, I will say spoilers for Palm Springs starting now. That's my secret, Cap. I'm always angry. So Ian, it seems like there's something specific that you want to talk about. Why don't you uh, mention it now? Yeah, so I think what really stood out to me um, in Palm Springs, at least compared to the other sort of time loop stories uh, that we that we've heard and seen, is that Niles and Sarah are are in it together, you yeah. know. And Niles has Niles has been in it presumably for a very 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 long time yep. before Sarah <laughs> got there. But so it they're like sort of uniquely like liberated from the the time loop that they've been put in. Because they're like, well, they're can they're always like leaving the hotel, going out together. They've flown planes. They've done like some really crazy stuff, and, and I feel like you don't see that kind of thing in at least the the time loop movies that I've seen. Like they they like tested like the boundaries of like what they could do in in these twenty four hours, you know. And I, I always thought it was really fun to watch how like how they change things up from day to day. I loved that Niles was already in the time loop. You you yeah. know, the film starts and it seems like it's the very first time that he's waking up in this day. And, you know, it feels like it's set up exactly like all the other time loop movies where you kind of get the little pieces of what's going to go on. And then at the end of that first day, he dies or, you know, falls asleep or whatever, and it wakes up the next day. And you expect that Niles is going to be the character that, sees it for the first time and you're going to experience his first time loop with him. And I always find mm -hmm. that part of the, these movies a little boring because it's like the audience knows what's happening already. And so you're just waiting yeah. for the character to figure out what's happening to them. And so it's kind of like, okay, come on, get with it. We know we understand what's happening. We don't really have to wait for this character to be like, oh, this isn't happening. I must be dreaming, blah, 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 blah. But in this film, they just set it up right away. He's in the time loop. He already knows what's going on. And like the and because of that, the the film uses Andy Samberg's character to just like speed through Sarah learning all the rules too. So he's just like, he even says a yeah. line at one point that's just like, oh, it's one of those time loop scenarios that you may have heard of. But I mean- you know, we've all seen Groundhog's Day, so we know exactly how it works. So we can just skip through all of it and get to the good part of the film, which is them just like digging around the whole time. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I felt about it. <laughs> um, and also just th this isn't really a spoiler kind of thing, but it, you just reminded me 
just how funny Andy Samberg is in this in this movie and other movies like it where they play with something crazy like this in like a rom-com and it doesn't take itself too seriously. I feel like Andy if Andy Samberg was in all of the the really bad movies that were uh that were led by Adam Sandler, <laughs> I feel like those movies would be so much better. <laughs> He is like so he seems likeable. like he, he's like what Adam Sandler like would want to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I guess in a way he's sort of like what Adam Sandler used to be, except for maybe not as annoying. He's 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 feel, like yeah. equally over the top, but also pretty subdued. Like, I I don't know. He's 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 a goofy character. Like all of his characters are really goofy. You think of Jake Peralta yeah. in Brooklyn Nine Nine, but there's also something very um, I don't want to say real that feels a little derivative, but very just like down to earth with all his characters mm-hmm. that they don't seem like they're you know they're not working on the same level as like Will Ferrell or Adam Sandler or those types of characters they feel very much like a character that you might actually know just somebody who's absolutely ridiculous at the same time yeah totally but i think Kristen however you say her name the mother <laughs> from how i met your mother i think she's also great in this yes. i think they have really good chemistry yeah, they they totally did. I mean, yeah, they that wouldn't be my favorite part of the movie if they didn't. That she was she was fantastic. And did you know like that J.K. Simmons was going to be in this before you watched it? Nope. Yeah, that was a surprise. Yeah, to me. <laughs> J.K. Simmons is actually hilarious in this. I love the idea yeah. of J.K. Simmons just mercilessly hunting down Andy Samberg every single day. I think that's so funny. The way he's introduced, it just comes out of nowhere. You're just like. Holy crap, Andy Samberg just got shot with an arrow. Like what? <laughs> and then how he gets into <laughs> how he gets into the time loop and Andy Samberg is just like, yeah, that was a that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> the movie is so good. Yeah, that that was so funny. <laughs> but then like you go back to like uh JK Simmons um his like home. And you're like, wait, what is going on? He's a normal guy who is capable of those things. Yeah. Well, that was actually one of the parts of the film that I thought was a little wonky was the kind of the transition from the second act to the third act. I think that second act is where this movie really, really lives, like when Mm -hmm. they are just having fun and when they steal a plane and crash it or when they put a bomb in the cake and they do this whole like. Oh my god, that was so even, funny. It was so <laughs> funny. And based on your accent from Origins Unknown. Um, <laughs> but I think as they transition, like immediately after they have sex that night that they see the dinosaurs, which is also super weird, but we'll get to that. Um, yeah. W- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's dinosaurs in this movie. And so after that, they have sex and then like sh- you kind of get the reveal that she's actually been waking up in the room next to her sister's groom the entire time and that she actually like slept with him so that sucks for her superman yeah the superman the only superman right Um, my superman okay congratulations on having c-list superman um but anyways you you find out that or she kind of realizes that things are not going super well and then there's kind of just like a turn and suddenly she goes a little uh she like starts acting very unpredictably and then she basically kills jk simmons by crashing him in with his own cop car and there's this whole thing but it happens really really quickly and i felt that it was a little jarring to transition from that second act to that third act yeah i agree but some something that also sort of makes things like that difficult and and when it seemed like there were giant transitions in characters and big character changes or whatever is we don't really know the actual passage of time yeah. you know we don't know how many times they've gone through this they like go through days so quickly in the movie like i i was jarred at first by jk simmons's character like change of heart right it, it felt a little convenient that he was just like yeah i just have to like explain it to myself as i i don't know how long it's been <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, in terms of structuring the movie, it does feel like it's like, oh, that's super convenient that he's just cool with him now. 
Oh yeah, this this is just me trying to like give the movie the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I think the movie does really well is it puts that mid-credit scenes to kind of tie up J.K. Simmons' character because eventually they do figure out that well, first off, it's really funny that Kristen Melody's character just like learns astrophysics and quantum physics and all of this stuff. So there has been clearly a long, long amount of time, right? Yeah. But I like mm-hmm. that they put this mid-credit scene in of them showing J.K. Simmons that there's a way to get out of the time loop. Because if they didn't do that, yeah. that would just be such a dick move. Yeah, I didn't even think of that, actually. Because I mean, as, as far as they know, they still... They still didn't give him a like tell him, you know. Yeah, well, they well, did you? He he said something like, "Oh, I got your message from your girlfriend. That's a crazy theory. Does it work?" Oh, right, right, right. Okay. So, so he does. He theoretically will be able to do it, which is good. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that whole way of them kind of ending this movie, like I, I was saying, it just felt very like, oh, sure, they're gonna blow themselves up, like. All of that mm. stuff was pretty lame, I thought, in in my opinion. I, I guess it was lame, but I liked that they didn't do something like Groundhog Day or like, oh, all you need to do is do a little bit of self-improvement and then you're out of this space-time loop, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. I like that they, like, at least were like, yeah, that wouldn't work. You need to do something science-y, but they didn't delve so deep into the science stuff that it became the movie, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I thought it would have been cool if they had actually just subverted the idea of them ever leaving and they just stayed in there. I don't know if I've ever seen a movie that just kind of, like, stays in the time loop. Can you think of one? Um, I mean, I guess the reason for that is because it would be fucking awful <laughs> to do this for all of all, you know, I could I could see that it that being a pretty depressing ending, I guess, but I don't know. I, I did really like Andy Samberg's um, mentality at the start of the film of him just kind of like embracing this whole thing. Yeah, it was it was really funny. And that, that's another thing like that was really fun about their relationship. Like he had completely given up and given in to this time loop. And then she came in and like like subverted like everything he thought about it, even though he kept t- telling her, no, there's no way there's no way. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like that. Yeah, no, it, it was good. And it kind of works on a character level, too, because Andy Samberg's character is one that would try things, but he would try things that, like, didn't require a lot of work. So it was only mm-hmm. until Sarah was, like, actually sat down and applied herself to fucking learn quantum physics or whatever that they were actually able to pull themselves mm-hmm. out of the situation. Uh, that just sort of reminded me something that I did think was a little out of place and and the movie could have gone in a different direction was when Kristen's character crashed that car into J.K. Simmons mm-hmm. and Andy Samberg's Niles was like whoa like what are you doing like we have to like live with these things like we can't just go around doing these things which make and then he said something about how he's done stuff like this in the past he's like caused mayhem and stuff and it, and he like has to live with that i feel like that could have gone in like a much darker different (laughs) direction and it's it felt a little out of place because in my head i was like oh my god like what is what has he done (laughs) it also did feel a little uncharacteristic of him to be like no don't do these things because it, it did feel like i don't think the movie did a great job at establishing what was can what andy samberg's character thought was morally okay and what he didn't think was okay because there was a lot of things that they did that were relatively traumatic to the people involved even if you know they don't actually remember it yeah i mean he did stab tyler hochland in the face with a fork (laughs) that whole scene was actually great the yeah the the reveal with the pillow and everything all that was good i do think that tyler hunchen's character got off a little easy um they made it seem like all Kristen Melody did was like tell him not to fuck it up, but yeah, she gave him a very stern talking to. Okay, not even no a more stern talking with to your your bride's uh, sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just like, really? That's the day before your wedding. Like that is the worst thing you can possibly do. Like that's completely irredeemable on like so many levels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with with your 
with the sister like uh uh yeah i, I not I, I only didn't, cheating but yeah, yeah I, I didn't love that whole part that part was like almost it well i mean it, it just felt very tropey like straight out of a movie you know in a way that felt a little disingenuous to the rest of the film but whatever yeah so i saw this tweet on twitter it was by uh, a guy named stephen colbert you may have heard of him yeah i, I think I, I think i've heard of him <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't the actual Stephen Colbert. Oh, really? It wasn't actually him. It was a different Stephen Colbert. Yeah. He writes for Screen Rant. Actually? Yeah. But so he, he, he wrote a tweet that, was, that said, you're immortal. Would you rather be stuck in a time loop with your life never impacting the world around you, aka like Palm Springs, or would you rather know everyone you ever met was going to die before you as you live on into eternity? That is tough. I feel like... I feel like I'd live on into etern- eternity. Really? Yeah. I don't think I could. It sounds I think that'd be pretty cool. Well, no, it wouldn't because like you would just you would just <laughs> never die. Like okay, out, so out of the two choices, aren't you going to die in the time loop, or are you going to die in the time loop? No, but like at the very least, the world is not going to dissolve around you. Like okay, so if theoretically, if you're living on for eternity and eternity and eternity, right? There's going to yeah. be a point of time where the earth is swallowed by the sun. Like, do you just, you're not going to die. So what happens to you? Do you just like float around in space? I'd probably just float until, you know, I, I hit another civilized planet and then I, I'd find new people there and uh, keep going like that, I guess. I feel like at a point it, I would just grow numb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, at least when you're stuck in the infinite time loop, like at least... I don't know. Okay. The other thing is that like, what kind of time loop are we talking about? Are we talking about 24 hours? Cause that would kind of suck because there wasn't, wouldn't be that much that you could do. That's what I was thinking. Well, if you, oh. let's say you have like a three day time loop, right? You could go on like trips and stuff and money would never be an issue or anything like that. I feel like you could still be yeah. like, just because you live on forever for all eternity doesn't mean that you're not poor or that like, <laughs> you know, I feel like there's also a ton of more explaining to do when you live on for eternity People are going to start to notice after a while. You can't have. What are they going to do about it? I'm going to keep living. Yeah, but like, what if they capture you and then try and operate on you and stuff? And you just have to sit there for all of eternity while the government operates on you. That's never going to happen in the time loop. I think time loop is the way to go. It's like, I mean, I understand that the time loop is also awful because you're never going to have anything change. Like, you will no longer like develop future relationships, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. So actually, the, I guess I guess that's the question then, right? Like, would you rather just keep all the relationships you have and know that they never end? Or would you rather have every relationship that you advance further ultimately end as they die and you live on forever and ever? I, I'm still going to stick with my living for eternity. I, I would not do that. That sounds awful. Have fun floating in space for like millennium. <laughs> I will. Meanwhile, I'm going to be here just crashing into cars and blowing up planes. <laughs> What's the first thing that you do if you were stuck in a time loop, though? Like a 24-hour time loop? Sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't commit any crimes, I don't know. Maybe a nonviolent crime. I might fly a plane. I would, yeah, I would definitely like, well, I would travel a lot, I think. But I would also do just like all the crazy things that you feel like you definitely couldn't do because you'd probably die. Like I'd probably like jump off a building to see what that feels like or something. Or I'd <laughs> drive a car at like 500 miles per hour or whatever. That'd be fun. I think I'd uh, I'd, I'd try running until I die. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of all, I feel like I'm going to have a lot to do. That's definitely going to be on my list. Like, it's see how far I can make it before do. I literally die. The first thing you're going to do is wake up and be like, oh, yeah, I can live forever. Let me just run until I die. That's a, that's so boring. I'm not, I'm not saying I would do that the first day, but that would definitely be well, that on was my the question, list. Ian. It was the first thing you would do. Okay. Oh. Not oh, pick some dumb thing that, no, it's fine. <laughs> okay, whatever. But let's get back to the movie. Um yeah. We talked briefly about how there are dinosaurs in this movie. Do you have any idea what you think the dinosaurs might be doing? Why are they in this movie? I thought that it was just because they were like 
on drugs before before okay. they appeared again at the end. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What do you have a theory? Do you know? No, I have no idea. Um I have like a <laughs> half put together theory that maybe the dinosaur stumbled into the cave like a long time ago and there's just been like a herd of dinosaurs kind of living out life in the time loop. And people wouldn't have noticed the dinosaurs in the time loop? Well, maybe they noticed at some point, but because the dinosaurs are just stuck in that time loop, nothing would matter. Like once the day ended for the dinosaurs, it would just reset. Like there would be no impact of them noticing that the dinosaurs are there. I don't know exactly how it works because I don't understand how the dinosaurs would be in at the same time as Andy Samberg and Christina. You know, it's Mm -hmm. probably just a drug trip, but like I don't really understand why they are at the very end of the movie either. I don't think I think it was probably just one of those like, oh, this is something weird to add into this movie, you know, kind of thing. But yeah, I, I read a story that when um, Lonely Island like came on board for the movie, they just wanted to add a bunch of really weird nerdy shit into the movie. <laughs> like it was a very different movie before they came on board. <laughs> really? Yeah. Hmm. And like the, the characters were very different. And then they just, like, built everything around Andy Samberg's character. And so then they were just like, we want dinosaurs in this. I've seen Tree of Life. I want a random dinosaur. I mean, maybe. I feel like that's one of the only explanations for it. Like, Andy Samberg wanted dinosaurs in the movie. So we put dinosaurs. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I thought at first that they were, like, doing an homage to Jurassic Park or something. Like, when they first see the dinosaurs roaming, it's, like, the start of something. But... I, I don't know. Didn't really go anywhere, so I just thought it was kind of like the a second funny... time that threw me off. Yeah. Well, I read something from the writer Andy Ciara that mentioned that on some level he kind of wanted to have this unbelievable thing happen at the moment that they kind of like fell in love. It, it was like something magical is going on with them, you know, emotionally. Mm. So we're going to literalize that by having something magical appear outside in the real world um but i like my idea that the dinosaurs fell into the cave and they're there in a time loop as well yeah i mean that's that's a good theory maybe we'll get a maybe we'll get a spinoff series or a a sequel palm springs 2 dino stuck in (laughs) timos yeah that's perfect actually you should send uh lonely island a letter right now the the <laughs> Nana is definitely in the time loop, though, right? Like, there's that one line at the very end. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, she definitely was, though. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't matter at all, but I thought it was kind of a cute little nod. Yeah, those are just, like, little things that add a little bit of, like, ambiguity and mystery that doesn't let the... I guess it doesn't let the movie end as neatly as we said it did. Yeah, well, so, I mean, the very end of the movie is they kind of just blow themselves up as they go into this cave, and then they're just out there the next day, right? Like, Mm. it it was all pretty squeaky clean. I don't really... The the movie doesn't seem like there's anything left to tell or anything, you know? Yeah, but I I feel like that was them doing what they thought they could (laughs) to, to make it more ambiguous at the ending yeah yeah fair enough like like there are people in there there are dinosaurs in there i'm ready for a sequel yeah who would star in it andy samberg again would it be like palm no jk simmons would it be palm springs 2 and the l would be a 2 <laughs> how are you not like on these movies pa you, need to, springs. you need to be working <laughs> I feel like I'd be fired on the first day if I brought that up. Are you kidding me? They love that kind of thing. (laughs) Because I know. (laughs) I want to move on because I feel like we've been just side tangenting like crazy. But there's one (laughs) thing that we have to talk about before moving on. And it's the fact that this movie completely stole its entire premise from that one episode of Sweet Life on Deck where Cody gets stuck in a time loop because the ship gets struck by lightning right as they cross the international dateline. I hate that I know what you're talking about. Of course you do. 
that show is culture's pinnacle. It is honestly crazy that uh, shows like Sweet Life on Deck and Sweet Life of Zack and Cody uh, still, you know, are sending ripples through uh, society today. Some would say that it is the 21st century's greatest cultural touchstone. I actually like that episode, though. I remember watching it and being like, damn, I really want Cody to get this girl, Debbie Reynolds or whatever. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. Debbie Ryan. Debbie Reynolds is Carrie Fisher's mom, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Debbie Ryan. Yeah, Debbie Ryan. That'd be crazy, though. (laughs) Crossover. All right. Okay. Anyways. um, (laughs) We we acknowledge greatness. So let's move on to our point two section where we talk about some of the other stuff that we've been watching. Ian, what have you been watching? Um, So I'm not currently finished with it yet, but I've seen it before. Um, I'm rewatching Lost with uh with Maddie right now. Oh yeah, and uh, she hasn't she hasn't seen it before, so hmm. it's it's been really fun to uh see how it holds up, and I think it holds up like really well actually. Um, I was worried that I only liked it because I I was like 13 when I was watching Lost when it was live, but I I think it really benefits from binge watching. You know, it's been so long since that series ended, and I I'm still like remembering things like right before they happen in the show and like mm-hmm. getting like chills all over again i guess i should explain I, people know what lost is right no i can't tell if you're being sarcastic i'm being sarcastic yeah it's like a super f- popular oh, show okay. is it not it's directed yeah, I, by jj abrams or creator like a, or whatever it yeah. was on abc it's about people that are actually dead or something i don't know i haven't seen it i tried Whoa, to spoiler dude yeah well whatever i tried to watch part of it or like i got convinced to start it uh like you know at the end of high school i think um and i just there was something about how much lost there was that i just couldn't will myself to start watching it it's like if somebody was like you should watch gray's anatomy and be like oh cool how many seasons are there three that's so different (laughs) I don't know. That is so different. Isn't there like nine seasons of Lost? That is a lot of TV for something that I've heard has a pretty underwhelming ending. Yeah, the the ending sucked, but like leading up to it, like <laughs> there are six seasons, okay? Okay, yeah, that's a lot of seasons. And there are like 20 seasons of Grey's Anatomy. That is totally different. Okay, yeah, but but the thing is that they're both ABC shows, so like six seasons of Lost is like 12 seasons of a Netflix show. There's 121 episodes. <laughs> I will. I, I totally think it's worth it. There aren't filler episodes. Something something different happens every time. Keeps you on your toes. Isn't there I, a I love polar it. bear in it? That is one of the least crazy things in in the show. Yeah. Isn't there time travel? I know there's time travel. I guess I'm just on there, a yeah, lost that, spoiler tirade. Yeah. My bad. But yeah, I don't. People are gonna hate you if they haven't seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um. Cool. So you've been watching that? It's on Netflix. No, the lost fans. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, it's on Hulu. Oh, very nice. Because you know what else is on Hulu? Palm Springs. Exactly. Yeah. I would just say, like, in short, you should you should watch Lost. It's awesome. Cool. Have you been watching anything else? Um, I, I mean, I told you I've been going through like a binge watch of all of Survivor. Yeah. So I'm alternating between uh, Maddie calls it fake Lost and real Lost, or real <laughs> real Survivor and fa- fake Survivor. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. That has like 16 seasons though, right? Or like 35 or 20, something? 20, I think. Oh, wait, no, 40. 40. There are 40 seasons. Jesus. So where are you now? Uh, f- I think I just finished season 14. And what's the best season so far of the 14 seasons that you've seen? Ooh, that is a good question. Um, That's why I got this job. Just a second. You're you're gonna have to edit a couple seconds out. I will do no such thing. Cause, cause this podcast I'm looking at is uh, raw, unedited content. I would say only. <laughs> I would say either um, the third season, which is Survivor Africa, or probably. Either Survivor All-Stars, which is season eight, or Survivor Amazon season six. I love Africa because uh, it's a lot of wholesome people. Same as 
Australia. There are a lot of just like really wholesome people. So if you like to see like nice people fighting for a million dollars, those are the seasons to watch. And the other ones are like the other ones are like brutal evil people. So so are the people in Survivor Africa from Africa or are they transplants put into Africa? No, so the American Survivor TV show is all Americans and they go to different uh islands and countries and stuff like that. Um but there are different there there are different countries that do their their own survivor shows. So when you say Survivor Africa, do you mean it's African Survivor or it's Survivor in Africa? It's Survivor in Africa. Mm, okay. Well, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing it here. It's five o'clock on a Monday. It's been such a long week. <laughs> <laughs> so Survivor, where do you watch that? Survivor is also on Hulu. <laughs> this has been a Hulu episode. Yeah, this, uh, this podcast is brought to you by Hulu which is therefore brought to you by Disney. Um, don't go to Disneyland. It's not safe. Stay in home. Yeah, please, for the, love of, for the love of all, that is good. Okay, so the first thing that I saw was not on Hulu, although it actually might be on Hulu. Um, if you look it up online, it might say that it's on Hulu. I did not watch it on Hulu. I watched it on HBO. It is 2018's Blind Spotting. Have you heard of this movie, Ian? Uh, I don't think so. What it, What is it? This is one of the best movies that I've seen in a long time. Really? Yep. Uh, the film stars David Diggs. It's about a guy who's basically living out the last three days of his year-long parole sentence uh, in Oakland, California. So it's a film, pretty small budget film, about race and gentrification and identity and police brutality and being black in America, all these different things. Um I feel like really talking about it after seeing it once feels like a disservice to the film because I think that the relationships between the characters and all the commentary that it's saying is so nuanced and rich that like I want to watch this thing two or three more times just to really? be able to understand all the different things that it's trying to say. And it's a film that doesn't feel particularly preachy. It just feels like very real and raw and you care about the characters. I think David Diggs is absolutely amazing in it it's directed by a first-time director which makes it even more impressive the guy's name is carlos lopez estrada who's actually going to be doing the live action robin hood for disney so oh I, I looked him up and it said he worked on inside out but it's a it's a different inside out i got really excited for a second <laughs> <laughs> why are they doing a live action robin hood that's just going to be creepy yeah. Oh, wait, they're doing like live action Robin Hood as in like the, the fox? Yeah, it's like a CGI oh, thing no. of Robin Hood <laughs> where, but it's like still anthropomorphized or whatever. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be great for furries. People are going to be all over that. The furry community <laughs> oh, is going to be so happy. Yeah, people are going to be like, people at movie theaters are going to be like, wow, look at all the people that dressed up for the movie. <laughs> There's going to be like pieces on furry websites. It's like, what's better, Zootopia or live action Robin Hood? The answer is both. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. But yeah, so I mean, I guess this guy is doing live action Robin Hood. I have no hope for that. But Blind Spotting, an amazing directorial debut. I would definitely recommend checking it out. It's only 95 minutes and it is, it's just such a good movie. I loved it. Great. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. You have to let me know what you think about it. I, I thought it was so good. Um, the other thing that I've seen recently that is also really good is on Hulu. Hulu sponsored this ad. Um, <laughs> it's the Hulu series about Catherine the Great of Russia called The Great. A toast to my new wife, the Empress of Russia. Huzzah! It is... No, you don't talk, my love. Oh, of course. Be an enormous responsibility and honor to lead a country of such import. It's actually not that hard. I'm happy to hear anyone's problems with me. Don't worry about the bodies. I would like to be useful to Russia to help its greatness. You will bear my ears. There is no higher use. Rabbit! These sticks are to enhance your fertility, but I cannot work out whether we wave them over your womb or insert them into you. I'm pretty sure it's a wave them situation. You've heard of this one, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have. 
Yeah, so this stars Elle Fanning. Uh, it's created by Tony McNamara, who wrote The Favorite, which was the Olivia Colman uh, Academy Award-winning film, directed by, well, whatever. Um, so basically what it is, is it's like <laughs> a blend of comedy and it's a period drama. So The Favorite was in like Victorian England, and it was about Queen Victoria or Queen Elizabeth or one of the queens, I don't know. And this one is about Catherine the Great, who was basically a girl who married the king of Russia, Peter, and then kind of became the like one of the great queens of Russia and kind of like led Russia into a renaissance of culture and stuff because she was actually from Germany. So she brought a lot of European and um, new world ideas to um, Russia. So it's like one of these shows that is it's it's a period drama, but it's like sort of making fun of the fact that it's a period drama and it's got this comedy and it's got a very modern sensibility and it's really funny. But the reason that you should watch this show, the person that makes this show is Nicholas freaking Holt. He is absolutely oh. amazing in this show. That's Beast, right? Yeah, Beast. And also that guy from Warm Bodies and the blood boy in... Uh, Mad Max Fury Road. He's all over the place. But mm. this character, he plays uh, King Peter of Russia. He's a top five television character of all time for me. And really? Yeah. Wow. He is, he is so funny. Like, just, just because of how awful of a person he is, basically every single thing that he says is one of the funniest things that I've ever heard. And so he was like, <laughs> so he's a king, so he's kind of had everything given to him and everything like that. And he will just say and do these ridiculously blunt and awful things. And part of the reason that you're laughing is because of shock. But the other part is because like the way that Holt delivers the lines is as if everything that he's saying and doing is perfectly normal and almost mundane in what he does so hmm. like it's almost he's almost naive about how awful he is so he'll just kind of like walk around and be like like so basically one of one of the relationships in the show is that he has a mistress who is his best friend's wife and he just like casually talks to his best friend about like how he just has sex with his wife all the time and he's like why uh and and so th so there's like a whole subplot where he wants Catherine the great to get a mistress as well because he, he having sex with his friend's wife is making him happy so he's like talking to his friend and he's like i mean i have sex with your wife and it makes me really happy and you love it too so why wouldn't <laughs> Catherine do it and it's, it's just like these ridiculous things that just the way he says it is so funny but like he's also a pretty you know nuanced character like he goes through some growth and change and He's a character that you just love to hate, but he's still a character that is like mm. actually growing as a person a little bit. So I, I just he's probably one of my favorite characters on TV. That's really good to hear because I really like Nicholas Holt and I thought he had like a, a great like on screen presence. Like he was somebody that you took notice of when he was there. And I saw Warm Bodies. I didn't think that was great. Um, I, I just I just feel like he's never really had a role where you can see all that he can do. Um, I guess I haven't seen Tolkien, but <laughs> yeah, uh, that Not many this definitely did. makes me want to give uh, the great a shot, though. Yeah, he is sorely underutilized in all of the X-Men movies, which is kind of like a thing mm -hmm. about the X-Men movies, right? Like, let's get really famous actors and ask them to do nothing. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, he's, I mean, he's also in The Favorite and plays a very similar role there. He's like just an awful person in The Favorite. And so like, if you don't want to commit like, you know, 10 hours to watch The Great or whatever, you should watch The Favorite and see if that type of humor is what you like. And then it's, there's just more of it in The Great. And it's a little less cool. Uh, I guess I would say idiosyncratic than um, The Favorite. But yeah. Great show. I think all the characters and all the acting are really excellent. But Nicholas Holt, like, just he just completely kills the role. I want to just watch him endlessly. There's like <laughs> some times in the show where like he's in peril, and even though he's essentially the villain of the show, and he's like a horrible person, and theoretically you're rooting for Catherine the Great to like stage a coup over him, and like him being gone is essentially what you want for the show and for the characters that you actually do care about. 
but his presence mm-hmm. is so fun on the show that you are almost just like, oh no, please don't make this a thing where he's only in three episodes. But he is in all ten episodes, and he will be in season two, and it's it's super exciting. So, oh yeah. great! There, so there Love is going to be show. a season two. Yeah, yeah. So I was I was confused at first when I started it. I was like, oh, is this a limited series? And then it's like ten episodes, and around episode eight, I was like, okay, there's there's definitely going to be a season two here. But um, yeah, great show on Hulu. Definitely check it out. That's the great. No pun intended. Cool. Yeah, I will. All right. So this has been our review of Palm Springs. Ian, thank you so much for joining me again. Is there anything specific you'd like to plug here? Uh, yeah. I mean, you guys could uh, follow me on Twitch if you enjoy watching Twitch. Um, I mostly stream Pokemon games on there. You can follow me at StridesVGC on Twitch. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining me. What are you? Uh, what are you shiny hunting right now? Uh, right now we're going after Heracross. Hmm. That's going to sound like complete gibberish to anybody who does not know what Pokemon is, but (laughs) best of luck to you. Heracross has a stupid shiny. It's purple and it looks awful. That's true. It's an ugly, ugly shiny. There's so many ugly shinies. I agree. I completely agree. Let's, uh, let's have an offline conversation about this that we will record. (laughs) And release as a uh, Patreon content. Yeah, if you pay money, you can listen to us talk <laughs> about bad shinies. <laughs> it's the content people need in this time. <laughs> the intro music for this episode is a piece called Work by Kevin McLeod, and you can find more of his work at Incompetech.com. If you'd like to keep up with this podcast and find out when we release new episodes, you can follow us on Twitter at MovieMarapod or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MovieMarapod. That's movie, M-A-R-A, pod. And you can always reach out to us at our email, moviemarathonerspod at gmail.com. You can find more episodes of this podcast at our website, evergreenpodcasts.com slash movie-marathoners. And we are also on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Overcast, Himalaya, and CastBox. I don't even know what half of those things are, but I have been assured that we are on them, so check us out there. Please subscribe or write a review if you like what we're doing, and any feedback you have to help improve the podcast is always appreciated, especially as I transition to the Evergreen Podcast Network. So thank you all for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next time for a TBD topic. So stay tuned for that. Until then, bye. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo. And for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.